Hello and welcome to the TOVG Podcast. My name is George Weedman and I've got Jimmy and Kytales in here with me tonight. Hi everybody. Hey. Hi. Hello. We're uh we're we're just doing the three of us. We're getting uh nice and close and personal in here. Personal about video <laughs> games. Right. We uh we are people who play video games. What uh what mm-hmm. video games have we been playing this week, people? Uh, how about, how about Kytale start this time? Mm-hmm. I, let's see, this week, I don't think I've gotten a chance to play, but last week I played a little I bit feel. of, what was it? It was Resident Evil, Evil. Resident Shattered Evil? Dreams? <laughs> Shattered Dreams? Wait, Shattered Dreams. I, no, 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 not Shattered oh, no. Dreams. Shadowed Memories. No. You're, that's uh, that's a Silent Hill game. Oh, I'm Silent way, Hill way Downpour. Off. Oh my gosh. Yes, why did I say Resident Evil? I don't know, but wow. you've got through like four different game titles that over? actually <laughs> exist. No, it's fine. Yes, it's hilarious, though. Yes, I played though. Silent Hill Downpour. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Shattered crazy. Dreams is something that exists. <laughs> and, and I I'm think sure it is. There, there are a couple Resident Evils that begin with S after the uh, the colon and um, I was close. and Shattered Memories of Silent Hill, and then you went on to Downpour. <laughs> there you go. I got Shattered, all of the games in. <laughs> Shattered Dreams sounds like a Kingdom Hearts spinoff. It does. Yeah, yeah. I actually, that might be a song from it. Maybe that's why. Anyways, how is Downpour though? That's the one. Well, there are only two real Silent Hill games. I don't know if I consider Book of Memories legit, but I haven't played Origins or Downpour, but I think I've done the rest of the yeah. series. Well, that's what people are saying, is that it's the worst in the series. <laughs> I won't I've always heard people say it's at least better than Homecoming, and Homecoming started off pretty good, but it turned into like a uh, weird... I, I don't know if I should say Dead Space clone because I think it came out the hmm. same year as Dead Space, but it was very, hmm. uh, very actiony and shooty once that first half gets out of the way. Like there's a scene where a wacky black sidekick is attacked by hammerhead shark monsters in a police Weird. station, and like they start cracking <laughs> jokes. Mm. Like, like you guys know how how serious Silent Hill gets sometimes. I I have never played one, but I can imagine. Oh well, uh, they, yeah, they... this is my first one. It's it's well, I guess a well, good, a good question would be how are you liking it? Because I tried the PT trailer. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I by try that I PT mean tra- sat the there on the couch and screamed. <laughs> and, and like I like how you said PT disturbing. trailer. Oh yeah, sorry. Because yeah, it's like it's <laughs> a game a trailer, demo PT that you play, but the, yes. the title of it kind of throws you all off because it's it a, it's a playable it's teaser. Not mm. It's not <laughs> yes. natural. It ain't right. <laughs> It ain't right. <laughs> it ain't. It ain't how God intended Vidya to be. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but but I've uh, I've heard mixed things about Downpour. I think the highest compliment I have heard about it though is that um, number one is that it's better than Homecoming, and number two is that uh, you actually have to draw a map in person to be able to uh, play it right, kind of like Fez. Yeah, Jimmy, you mm. like Fez. I love Fez. Did you get into the note writing? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I had to to I had to decipher the language, and in order to do that, I had to like, I, I did this thing where I like picked the shortest words, and then I like broke down what three letter words I knew, and then like tried to reference each symbol to a letter. And so you I need a notepad for that, that shit. Right. Yeah. I, I had like a little like pad of sticky notes and I was like putting them on my wall and like cross-referencing them. And I stuff. actually while I was playing through Fez, I made little replicas of those cubes that you rotate <laughs> in the game to get a different character with every 90 degree rotation and I was oh, like, yeah. this would be way faster if I just had it in front of my face, so I got yeah. out some paper 
Oh man! And I and folded you, like, it up four. all neat, and I wrote Damn. little symbols on on where all the creases would be, so I know where they would end up. And then I taped it together <laughs> into a little cube. Nice. It was adorable. That's fantastic. And it was on my shelf for a while until I decided that uh. About a year afterwards, it was getting kind of silly. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want, I don't mean to spoil Kite Tales, and I haven't played it myself. I have just heard people say that Silent Hill Downpour gets surprisingly real like that later on. Real? Mm-hmm. You might need to uh, to bleed out into the real world and, and make some notes or some uh, oh. some weird paper crap to... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play it. Oh, no. <laughs> it just wasn't that... It wasn't that great. It, it was very slow. Um, I hate I hate hearing that because I love Silent Hill, but you know that's that is what I've heard most people say about it. Yeah, I, I just didn't think it was very good. But then again, I only played about an hour of it, so I'm not sure if that's a fair judgment. Mm. That, that's always a thing that makes me like that. That like I wonder about if that's if that should be considered like bad game design if it takes more than like. 45 minutes for you to start getting what the game yeah. is about. Yeah, definitely. And because, that, like, in some se- in some senses, you, like, I don't want to say that a game, like, can't do that. Like, some games can't do that. But, like, for example, uh, when I played Monster Hunter 3 for the first time, that tutorial is, like, three and a half hours. <laughs> and it's, like, so unnecessary. Most of it is, like, like, do the thing that we just told you how to do. And then you do it. And then it's, like, great do it again and it's like just <laughs> let me go do the thing like i know that i know this i can just move on but like we're not used to hand holding yeah so well, when it's I mean, forced on us but like uh, even like some of the shout outs to that motorcycle that just passed by i'm sorry uh even the like some of the stuff like some of the tutorial was like just do a mission and even after that i was like can i just like just be on my own and then after that three and a half hours in i was like man this game is really fun and it took me so long to get here i'm glad i did but if i could just cut out that three and a half hours i actually hate that like (laughs) that will like lower i don't know if i did scores that would be like half a point off right there if it uh starts off really slow even if it gets great later on like i guess that's the um, thing though is like it's like I feel like it can do the same thing without having that slow start, but I'm not sure if that is a one-to-one that can translate into any game. Like, I'm not sure if every game can start off without being slow. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I feel like I'm even... Oh, I, I feel like I'm even more tolerable about it than a lot of other people are, because The Witcher is one of my favorite RPGs ever, mm-hmm. and it has such a slow start. Like, yeah. it is awful, actually, how, um, mm-hmm. how long it takes for that game to pick up. And I, I feel like that's one of the reasons why indie games can uh, be so much more quickly gratifying is because AAA big budget games have so much uh, going on sometimes that they oftentimes right. pad that out to make sure the player's grasping at one chunk at a time instead mm-hmm. of um, quickly learning the uh, an elegantly designed simple system. Yeah. Well, I like, guess it would I depend mean, on who they're trying to market the game to as well. For a lot of people, it's just completely intuitive. You pick up a controller, you kind of guess what your inventory, attack, block, right. kick. So if they're trying to say, hey, this game is great for beginners, <laughs> versus we're going to try and sell people games that already have consoles and invested. One of the most effective ways to like learn a game and not do it through annoying pop-up tutorial messages is to just mash buttons and see what they do. It's not hard. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the uh, in-game exposition stuff should be reserved for button combinations rather than button functions. 
Shoutouts shout outs to that show that I make that's all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Thundergamer. Go check it out. Uh, anyways. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, yeah, but I'm no, kidding. But, but yeah, it's totally, <laughs> it's totally legit. There are books written about this, about this stuff. About, yeah. And that's what all. about you, George? What have you been playing? I've been playing something that I also fear has a very, very slow speed to start. You remember mm-hmm. how uh, people... Uh, when I was talking about Silent Hill Downpour, I was going through, like, reluctant uh, accolades. Like, good things people would say about it in spite of what they completely did not like about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me how a lot of people said, Final Fantasy thirteen is great after mm-hmm. the twenty, the first 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> after the 20-hour <laughs> tutorial. I've not been playing Final Fantasy thirteen. I have been playing Wasteland 2, and I think, I think uh, that's, that's going on there. Really? Yeah, yeah. I played about 15 hours of it earlier this weekend when I wasn't doing Wolfenstein, which I think yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, the new Wolfenstein, by the way, I, uh, I I guess I recommend it. I recommend it on the cheap. It's great <laughs> for multiple playthroughs, but it's kind of unimpressive the first time. And I just right. don't know if I can. I was uh, having a lot of fun going through it on the hardest mode earlier, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I can keep it up. The shooting and the and the pacing and the walking speed is all not exactly compelling enough for me to keep my 40 gigs of hard drive space that it takes up reserve for it. Anyways, Wasteland 2. (laughs) I played 15 hours of it this weekend Mm -hmm. and didn't even reach what felt like a starter town. Oh, man. I reached a couple of... uh, And, you know, you expect that in an open-world RPG. You expect after a few hours to kind of uh, have that moment where you branch out of what was actually a very limiting tutorial experience that might not have felt like it because RPGs are (gasps) complicated as hell to begin with, but then you reach a starter town, you all of a sudden have a bunch of side quests, all of a sudden the main quest, the stakes get lower for a bit, people are telling you to relax, and you uh, put the urgency of the main quest on the back burner for a while, and Mm -hmm. it makes the world feel a bit more alive. You go out, do a bit of maybe economically motivated grinding, some side quests, and come back into town, see what people people are saying that has not happened in wasteland 2 in 15 hours wow but it still has the basic um rpg control scheme an overworld map full of little little dots and settlements and secrets to find but they're all either uh like one or two merchants sitting in front of a deep dark dungeon that you will spend hours in and i've (laughs) always been of the opinion that the most interesting stuff going on in an rpg is the stuff happening in the towns rather than the dungeons and i feel kind of a little bit let down because of because of that i'm still eager to see if it picks up later on i'm i'm uh, i think it might i think i there might be a chance here that I've just happened to have missed the big town in the middle of the map this whole time. Right, right. Because it could <laughs> it could happen. The main quest doesn't seem to want me to go there right now, but it is. Mm. it might be out there on the map somewhere, and I might just not have found it yet. But I'm looking forward to that because I'm, I'm a town fan. I like towns. I, <laughs> I never really thought of that about... I never really thought of that about myself until just now, you know? Until thinking yeah. about why I don't... Mm-hmm. Uh, why I'm not loving Wasteland 2 as much What's as I thought I would. What's such a good thing to look forward to is... Mm. It's quiet when time. When you progress from the next town, you know there's a new exciting one coming and the people are different and it looks different, the music's different. You know yeah. what game did towns really well that did not need to do towns really well? Are you going to say Towns? No, I'm going to say <laughs> Shovel Knight. Oh, okay. Remember, yeah. remember yeah. how great it felt to get to that second town in Shovel Knight? Yeah, <laughs> <You're> especially because <like, laughs> there was just two of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, after playing, like, the first three or so levels and, like, side dungeon things, and you kept going back to that one to, like, upgrade your health and, and such, and then you get to that second town and then the music was all, like, 
gritty and different and like it, it looked all like sunset kind of colors and, and, so, and it makes you feel like you've done a lot like yeah. uh, like you've gone through a whole day of, of good hard adventuring and you pass right. through many different levels to get there like there's so much uh, it really fleshes out the world because um, there's like pockets of conflict and strife which are the levels and then the occasional uh, downtime and quiet time which are the towns in between them and it kind of makes I guess the the conflict and strife feel a bit smaller. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Also, Town Two has Hatman in it. Yeah, which and, and that's uh, like my favorite part of that game. Is, is I, that I'm whole Hatman shenanigans? I'm sad to say that Hatman was the the one part of the game that was spoiled for me. Oh, I, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't like get to go there on my own and like discover it. It was like, did you did you do the thing in the place? And I was like, oh well, now I'm going to. <laughs> Thanks. Kite Tales, have you played Shovel Knight? <laughs> no, and I missed my opportunity to play it before it was released at Minecon. Oh, oh that's rough. I'm I sure... saw it up there, and some kid would not give up the controller. I was oh, so what, a, what a bastard. <laughs> well, I mean... Don't you hate those kids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you're waiting in line and some other kid is hogging the, the demo station at they've Sears. Got, yes, they've got like a one-up because they're cute and young. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. play my game, little kid. No, you, who you do you think's wanna... gonna buy this game? Come on, me. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> y- y- your mom, she like leaves you. You don't want to follow her <laughs> yes. and see her shopping. So she's like, go play the video games. And some other fat, stupid kid is taking them up. And, uh. and they're playing like the Forza demo or like some some like real mediocre game. Yes. And you're like, just I want to play Mario. Mm-hmm. I want to play Shovel Knight though. I saw it. it it's adorable. It. it you would love really it. Cool. I mean, like. The, the way I would think of Shovel Knight is George earlier said, you know what did Towns good that didn't need to? And that is like every aspect of Shovel Knight. You know what it did good that it didn't need to? Everything. Like Applefish. It's a solid game that's really great. And then there's all this extra stuff that's nice. just amazing. For like, it's just amazing. And it's, and it's yeah, adorable. Pick it up. It's on the Wii U, so. It is. It's I on the 3DS it. as well. It is, oh, gosh darned, adorable. Ooh, I like it's cute things. It's pretty great on 3DS. So. Nice. Yeah, it's a I'll very cute game. It. It's very cute. So, like so Jimmy, how about you? Mm. How's your week? Um, yes. Well, let's see. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Hyrule Warriors, actually. Oh, Ooh. is that out in North America right now? No, it's not. Jimmy, <laughs> what kind of game journalism conspiracy <laughs> are you up to over there? No, um, the real, the real answer is that. Nintendo likes Gerard, so they sent him Hyrule Warriors early. And of course, he took that as complete this game before it comes out. Oh Why, my yes, God. I will. I and saw it, that. Poor yeah, it's a, I, How? How? I don't know. Does it's he a sleep? Dynasty Warriors game, so there's like two to three hundred hours of playtime before Jesus. you complete it. He's on That's he's crazy. gonna be on the lamb this week. Cause yeah. cause it's about a week away. Um I think I you know what? I got Hyrule I forget Warriors? if the episode is today or if it's ne- or uh, well today for the listeners today is oh. Friday for the listeners but I don't know if the episode is this week's or next week's but I yeah think... he's we're we're like we're like right there I um, yeah there's been some like grinding stuff that I was helping him out with and we've all been helping out because it's a big game but um, I haven't September really played the main sixth that will be uh, tomorrow. tomorrow today for you folks today the for listeners. listeners and yeah. and yep. yesterday for future listeners. Or, or I mean, however far yeah, ahead or, you are. Exactly. The past, <laughs> um, quote unquote. All right. So, mm. like, my general Excuse idea of, of Hyrule Warriors, 
uh, good, mm-hmm. like fun and and like like indulgent. I guess is the best word for it. It's just like you do stuff and you're like, well, that was unnecessary, but it was kind of cool, I guess. And that's like every move that you do is like so so ridiculously unnecessary and like dumb but you, like in sure? a way where you're like it, it's it's what you were saying about wolfenstein it's 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 campy but like it knows it's campy and it just like embraces the campiness mm, i like that you the sure that's problem. not just uh just that early pre-release copy talking <laughs> uh no, no 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 because i do i would not buy this game oh personally. well okay I, it's like it's fun but uh it's fun for like a oh man, Hyrule Warriors, I remember five years ago when that game came out, I can pick it up for five bucks now. Like, that that's when I will buy it. Like, playing it is fun, but there are so many, and I, I don't want to generalize, but it, it definitely feels like this happens more in AAA Japanese games than it does in, in like, Western games. There's these, this weird, like, like, th- they feel it necessary to pull you away from whatever you're doing to like tell you what the game's doing all the time like okay i was grinding this one level because it's the best place to level up once you're getting to like the end game of, of your character and what happens is you start and there's like five like captains like bosses that are around you know these are like whiz robes and like one of the bad guys and if you beat a couple of them it says reinforcements has have arrived for the enemy forces and uh, Ganondorf, Girahim, Zant, and <laughs> everybody. Uh, everybody. Ganondorf, Girahim, Zant, and the main bad guy girl, Sia, all show up and they like appear on your map and you can go to fight them. But, but when you reach a certain area that they're in, even if you see them already, the game will like stop whatever you're doing, go, the screen will go black, and then a cutscene will happen and it'll be like, Oh, Ganondorf's riding up on a horse in the rain and he's saying something, but then like, oh. you know, like, okay, like, okay, skip this. I don't need to see this. And then you go back to the game and then the screen goes black again. And it's like Girahim walking through a, a castle and you're like, <laughs> get, get, no, get out of here. And you skip it. And then it's like, Zant shows up and puts on it. It's like, stop, just bit, stop getting in my way. A bit heavy on the theatrics. It, yeah. And, but like, it has this weird, like, so poorly designed, like, it, Bring, it lets you be back in the game for just a second and you're like, okay, I can continue mashing. Oh, never mind. And then like it like puts you in and takes you out immediately. Hmm. Instead of just like making them all one cutscene or making them back to back or making you, you know, not have to watch them because you've played the level 16 times. Like I guess they're patching it to like take that out because it's a common complaint. But it is like it is so incredibly bad because sometimes they'll do it mid combo and you'll just like drop <laughs> your combo and then you'll be like to standing in the middle the of enemies enter the stage. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be like standing in the middle of a group of enemies ready to kill you when you come back in. And it's like that's not fair. <laughs> but I don't know. Aside from like stupid things like that, I say and I say that's like in AAA Japanese games because that's in Monster Hunter big time. Yeah. The tutorial is like go out to the to the field and you go in the field and you wait and you're like Okay. No, there's no text boxes, oh and so gosh. like the second yes. you try and take your first step, then then a text box freezes the game and pops up in your face and is like, "Hey, do this." That was like, like Nino Kuni and Bravely Default. 
Oh, really? There's yes. there's a lot of, of writing about how like Japanese and uh, Western RPGs are like fundamentally different on the level of how theatrics kind of impose a limit on player gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a lot like it. That reminds me a lot of like waiting for those gosh darned summons in Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're good the first time, but then you think, okay, I've seen this enough. And, and then yeah. you wish they would give you a better skip button. <laughs> Yes. The skip button they do give you doesn't like go all the way with it. Oh my gosh, that's the other thing. Speaking of theatrics, is like every character has this like triforce move where you like hit the X button and then all the enemies in a certain area in front or around you glow and then you do this crazy like it like zooms in on your face and you do it like an anime thing and everybody blows up, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes Sometimes the theatrical camera for that just doesn't trigger. Oh no. So it just like it's just like a kind of dopey angle of you doing a cool thing that's only supposed to look cool from one angle. <laughs> so instead you're just like looking at your character's butt stay still yeah. while yeah. words happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like like I it's not terrible, but it's just these little things that are like, uh, this is this is just okay. I can't wait to see all this stuff tomorrow. It's, it's, well... I'm yeah, getting it tomorrow. I, I'm gonna play it, so... Oh, you're getting it. Yes! I would say I'm playing the most, like, boring part of the game, because we're just grinding characters for levels over here, but the there's a really cool, like, adventure mode where it's, like, hmm. the original Legend of Zelda's map, and each oh. tile is, like, a battlefield... And it's long as heck. It's like hundreds of hours long, <laughs> oh. but it's, it's like a cool concept. It's like, yeah. I mean, if you want to like 100%, it's that long, but it's like neat. I don't know. It's a cool game. I'm not going to buy it, but I'm glad that I got to play it. It's like fun. Yeah. I, I really want to see that at adventure mode in action. I'd really be uh, be interested in seeing how they spin that old 30-year-old Zelda map into something something fresh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It, it Think of it like a like a board game. Right. And like, That's you know, you cool. move your tile to a different like place and that like opens up a battlefield. But but what makes it interesting is that that was not designed, <laughs> definitely not designed <laughs> to be a board game for, right. for Hyrule Warriors in 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like, <laughs> yeah, why I want to see how that plays so is much. Is Tingle on the roster? He is not. <gasps> what I heard. The few who are, who are not. Because it gets obscure. Yeah. I mean, I Agatha. Some of the choices they went with, thinking, come on. Yeah, I mean, like... Why? Who didn't want to play as Agatha? I mean, I, <laughs> some, some really actually, weird teenage desires have finally been fulfilled. Yeah, Thank you, Nintendo. <laughs> the, the other thing is that the references are so, like, so, like, surface level that it's, like... Oh. Like, R- really? Okay, Agatha like, is surface uh, level? Well, okay. Think think of think of it this way. Not like the characters, but some. Well, some of the moves that they do is just like you're so. It's such like a facepalm moment. It's like you smile because it's great and stupid and fun. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you can power up your use items, and you can get like the hookshot bombs, arrows, whatever. And they're not. You don't really use them very often, but you can get powered up versions on the battlefield that do like super duper moves, and they're really really like ridiculous. The hookshot powered up is you you like 
the camera pans down and you look up and the Majora's Mask moon is above you and you hookshot it and pull it down to the earth to like hit the enemies. And it's just, wow. it's so oh dumb, but in like a, like, I don't know. It's dumb in like the best way is possible. That, is that like the only role that the Majora's Mask moon certainly, like, I'm yes. surprised to even like refer to it by the, the Majora's Mask moon. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's the only. I think, okay. as far as I know, that's the only time you see it, and it's just for that one like weird reference. And you can wow. do it as many times as you want until the power up runs out. The moon just just will travel through <laughs> the orbit the of the Earth to that spot that, when you though? need it. It's it's not very cinematic. Okay, no. Okay, good. <laughs> I would not be able to sit through that. Yeah, over it, it's and like over a again. three second thing, but that makes it even more crazy and like silly because you're like yeah. pulling a moon down. How many times? <laughs> and it just stops, you know, for three seconds uh, and it's yeah. a rotation of the Earth's axis to be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this guy wants to stick me with a hook shot. Yeah. Let me just orbit over there. <laughs> um, anyways, the only other thing I've been playing a lot of this week is Counter Strike Global Offensive. I don't know oh, if nice. any of my usual. Uh, Counter-Strike buddies are listening, but shout-outs mm. to those guys, because I think <laughs> I'm getting good at it, which is weird. Yeah. Like, I've been playing Counter-Strike my whole life from from mostly teenage years to into adulthood, and it's been sticking mm. around in some form or another. And uh, it's really weird to see how, like, my Counter-Strike skills come and go, mostly depending <laughs> on how much I play Counter-Strike that week. Like, I will suddenly get bad at it mm. if I... Yeah. Uh, if I stop for a week and, and it, it's almost like having to start over from the beginning, I'm like, oh, I should just tickle the mouse button and not press it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that uh, that relates to our first news topic for the day, mm -hmm. which is that the Steam store has been overhauled. Really? Yes, yes. Uh, after <laughs> after many a carry on cry of of beleaguered desperate consumers calling for <laughs> content control and quality curation their calls have been answered i guess that's some great alliteration i got to got to hand it to you they're not that's um, very poetic. oh thanks thanks they're not necessarily taking games out of the steam uh, marketplace and i don't think they ever really will and i don't know how i'm mm -hmm. of the opinion that i don't think that is actually a very conducive or productive goal right um like i don't I, I really love this quote back in 2007 that gabe newell said i don't know if you guys remember this interview or not since it was seven years ago but he he was talking about the future of steam back when it was a bit less secure than it was now where he said ideally we'd like every game ever to be on steam and everyone was right. like yeah gabe newell and now yeah. nowadays they're like oh no every game ever <laughs> this is not what i wanted but anyways <laughs> the idea is that it's going to be an open marketplace mm-hmm for good like they're not they're very clearly at this point not going to be holding back on uh, necessarily quality control but they are going to try a uh, home page that uh, is designed to automatically curate quality content to the user mm -hmm. so um, now your Steam home page will not display new releases unless they meet your preferential tags mm. and your tags are determined by how many hours you've played of which game genres in your library. Oh, so that's my... not going to be... 
It's not. It's not exactly. I'm already thinking that's going to be problematic for people who play multiplayer games with their friends versus games they actually enjoy playing on. That funny you should mention that because my tags happen to be (laughs) FPS, shooter, first person, multiplayer, and tactical. (laughs) Wow. And I wonder why it it wouldn't have something to do with me playing Counter Strike a lot, would it? So Uh, how do you figure out your tags? Um. If you expand the window horizontally, they'll show up in a box to the left of the oh. uh, Steam Store homepage. See, I'm not on my on my home PC that has Steam on it right now, but I oh. I already do see a problem with this as well, just because my most played game on Steam is Team Fortress 2 with yep. 400 plus hours. So those are if you're still doing it, if you're keeping that habit up, they're going to give you those tags. But that's the thing is I haven't played it in months. Or then they I might mean, not give you those tags. They might um have some kind of like timeout filtered into the algorithm. Uh, Kaitis, do you so. happen to have your Steam up right now? Yeah, I am loading it up. Oh, you, so you should you should tell us your tags out. when you find them. All right, them. let's see. This, this, will, this to... will be an interesting. We'll we'll try to guess the game based off the tags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I go to uh, community, um, is it or store? No, no, the It'd store, 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 yeah. Store and then, and um, just make sure uh, the window is extended horizontally across the screen because that really bugged me out. A friend was telling me about these, and I like I can't find them. And it turned out it was because it kind of uh, ma- makes it go away if the window is minimized. Oh, I see. Stretched like, below a certain like threshold. It. Yeah, yeah, it crops it out. Hmm. So if you look on the left um, hand column at the very top of your of your scroll, you ought to see it somewhere. Tags right. recommended for you. Let's see. Oh, look at this. Mm-hmm, FPS, mm-hmm. co-op, multiplayer, <laughs> online co-op, and shooter. Great. Hmm. What kind yeah, of games are you into, Kytales? Uh, I'm into, like, co-op and online co-op, shooter, multiplayer. Call of Duty. So, this is so, nothing yeah. about my personality. That makes me seem very void of personality, actually. I, I know. I hope, I hope that you open up your store page and it's just like, Call of Duty ghosts. <laughs> I want to watch dogs. I, I'm going to throw, throw a bone out here. Is it is it Team Fortress 2? Oh, my most played? Well, what do you think gives you those tags? I would think probably Counter-Strike Go. Oh really? Oh, I think I, I've actually seen a couple videos on your channel of uh, Trouble in Terrorist Town. Girl. Is have you played that mod on on Gary's mod? I yeah yeah yeah. That's our I, uh, official game night game in my group. So oh, so that's yeah. what does it then, isn't that's it? That's probably it. Yep. That's probably it. Gary's mod and Counter Strike. Yep. Oh yeah. There's your uh, there's your oh, personality. You're buying preferences <laughs> filtered into uh filtered into five I tags. I feel so casual. Good luck finding anything else. Anyways, I mean, there's there's not going to be a way. Well, yeah, it will find some other things for you. Like right now right. it has um Sanctum uh, that's that's still Gauntlet. That's not that doesn't meet the tags. It's recommending me Crisis 1 for some reason. Uh Total War, Rome 2, Contagion. Life is Futile, Guns of Icarus, Endless Legend. Yeah, yeah. There's some like RPGs Ace and some some town building in there. Oh no! <laughs> I have never even. Oh yeah, that game where you build the trenches. That used to be great fun oh. before it got bought out by the it's, man. It's, uh, the Minecraft TF2 game. Really? Yeah, Ace of Spades. You uh, huh. you you play a little shooty game against another team of of little shooty men and um, build and tunnels it, and buildings to uh do uh. It it looks cool, except for the fact that it's such like, 
I know this is it like very good. surface level. It's it's like cool looking aside from the fact that I'm salty that it's a very derivative game it, because yeah. it, it yeah. is yeah. TF2 that is Minecraft skinned <laughs> and it's like I, it was it was freeware version for a while and then it got bought by I think Jagex. I might be wrong about that, mm. but uh, okay. after that they added a bunch of like free to play bullshit shenanigans. But yeah. while it was around, it was pretty fun. It was actually legit scary because you uh, never knew when your tunnel would hit one of the enemy's tunnels. <laughs> oh yeah, and and things yeah, would get thing, a little like, bit hairy in there. Yeah, I could see it being fun, but just like whenever I see a game that is like clearly like, hey, this looks like Minecraft, <clears> and so, like and not just like it's pixels like yeah. blockmen minecraft thing. I, it always turns me off at least a little bit i don't know anyway it's too surface level yeah it's, it's fine it's fine i mean um, it might it might still be fun i mean i might want to check it out but i don't and think i can do it for so as cheap as i used to like be able that, to yeah to the yeah. point where it's yeah it gets yeah. a little yeah. overbearing um, it's recommending me 911 first responders right now which is funny because <laughs> oh, i just wow. heard a siren in the background <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, tell me about this curators thing. Yes, I, I've yes. actually had somebody tweet at me today that was like, hey, you and Super Bunny Hop and Satchel and all of TOVG should make curator lists. I, that that is um like you said earlier it's it's still like problematic having this thing try to automatically determine what kind of games you're into and there are mm-hmm. going to be problems for as long as it's an open marketplace right um there there are going to be both benefits and concerns to any kind of setup that I think Steam is going to have from now on in the future and uh-huh. basically this update has a bunch of systems that are designed to kind of compromise and alleviate a few of those problems. One of them is curators. That is where uh, people can form Steam groups that um, can make lists of recommended games. Mm-hmm. And it, it's I find it interesting that it's... Uh, I guess it would be based off of Steam groups then to help keep these internet celebrities a little bit more anonymous. But um, the idea is that you make a Steam group and... The idea right now is that you label it based off some kind of publication or internet personality. Like, I think right mm-hmm. now Total Biscuit has the biggest one, and just underneath him are PC Gamer and Jim Sterling and Kotaku. And right. uh, it's basically a list of recommended games with a little super small 140-word mini-review, which harkens huh. back to the early days of game magazines, believe it or not. Because, like, yeah. you want to complain about reviews. Back in those days, <laughs> they were generally, like, 200 words a little more a little less and um but i don't know from like power late 80s to uh early 90s uh it's it nintendo power to me is kind of like uh embarrassing nostalgia in a way i like (laughs) I, i miss it too but i'm fully aware that it was probably never really good for me <laughs> oh yeah it was it was definitely like like preaching to the choir kind of yeah kind of yeah. publication like it was like nintendo fans talking about nintendo products to other so nintendo many games, fans so that be- my brother and i were nintendo kids growing up but yeah, we've got a whole entire dresser full of nintendo power magazines so i was looking through them a few months ago and thinking wow a lot of these games that were advertised never even came out and they seem yeah. cool I remember when Majora's Mask was called Zelda Gaiden. Yes. Oh, you know, and and the <laughs> one game I've been most hyped for ever my entire life was mm-hmm. just The Legend of Zelda. 
before it became Twilight Princess. <laughs> oh, that's right. Do you remember yeah, that trailer? I remember you, the, the first oh, screenshot yeah. where it showed Link and Ganondorf with, like, swords, and they were, like, fighting. Like, actual, like, swashbuckling fighting. <laughs> yeah, that was the tech demo for uh, the GameCube. Yeah, and I was like, I want this game. That, that Give never, me this game. That never got associated with the game. And then they announced uh, the Zelda with the tune shading that became Wind Waker. Oh, and that Wind was, like, Waker. the exact opposite of it. People were so mad. People were yeah, so I, mad. I remember when I saw it, and I was like, like, why is Link a bobblehead? And then, this is dumb. Yeah, and then we all played it, and we were like, well, this is probably yeah. one of the best Zeldas. Yeah. And, then, and then five years later, we were like, this game looks pretty good. And then ten years later, it's like, this game still looks really good. Yeah, this is a really great game. We were, we were all dumb. We retroactively, it seems like everyone retroactively decided that Wind Waker was a great idea. Yeah, yeah pretty much. It's it, like, ask anybody then, and it's like, Wind Waker's stupid. Ask anybody now, and they're like, Wind Waker's probably one of the top three Zelda games ever. Yeah. Yep. Majora's like, Mask is still number one, though, right? For me. Yeah. yeah. For me, <laughs> it's Link's Awakening. Uh, Actually, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Link's yeah, Awakening is yeah. very I, up I, there. I can understand it's, that. It's so different than the rest of them. I love it. The That's, weirder they are, yeah. the better I yes. like them. And, and Majora's and Link's Awakening are the two weird odd. The only ones. reason I did not like Majora's Mask was because I did not like the three-day time limit. I don't know, mm. just something, I know you could go back in time, and that's the whole point, but just something yeah. about being restricted to three days really bothered me. I like it, actually. <laughs> I like um, having to meet schedules in a game. That's one of the reasons why I liked The Witcher so much, was because it had a really comprehensive day-night cycle. I really liked the Dead Rising games for that reason, too. And I um, guess that's, Stuff like uh, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> I, I, I guess do not that's, like that's, the idea of the sun setting. <laughs> I think that's why I ended up uh, kind of gravitating towards journalism. I was like, I like meeting... <laughs> On, on the clock. Yeah. I like doing things and, and meeting people and running around in a, in a hurry on a schedule. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so anyways, let's see. We were talking about curators. They also have a queue now where uh, you... It's, it's kind of like hot or not for games. They like quickly bring up a page of... of uh, the game, the Steam Store page, and then there are three buttons at the bottom that say either follow add to wish list or ignore mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you move on to the next one uh <laughs> let's see search now has autocorrect wow. a few more filter options and there is also a uh, customized button on your home page so you can filter out early access garbage from mm. from what you want to see <laughs> um uh. let's see let's see what else let's see what else uh there's also a big picture mode button I think Great. that just about covers I've everything. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. when I was like, big picture, what's this? And then I crashed my computer clicking it. <laughs> so then I never used it again. I was like, huh, maybe this Mind might you, be I didn't have cool like a for terrible the living room computer. computer. I had like an alright computer. Right. And and the the ter- the worst computers are the ones you put out in the living room. So uh right. it kinda yeah. bummed me out to find out that it doesn't support big picture mode if your graphics card can't support DirectX ten. Which I mean, my living room computer is ancient. I know yeah. the DirectX ten started to be standard around like two thousand eight, but this uh living room computer is like a low wind computer from two thousand eight. So uh that's that was <laughs> kind of shot for me. I only play two D games on that thing anyway, but whatever, it's cool. It's cool. I like living on yeah, computer. Yeah. It's uh, really awesome for videos, and those don't uh, require any hardware at all. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Final Fantasy 15 director saying he wants his games to be more casual. Oh. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. 
Um, Hajime Tabata is his name, and uh, he says, of course the depth of the game is going to be there, but I want it so players can easily experience the satisfaction of the depth of the game. Which I was like, yeah, okay. That's he then a fair goes statement. On and, yeah, that, that's, that's an admirable goal, actually. Right. He then says, with the hardware specifications of the newer consoles, it's possible to set it up so you have different enemies and different choices of attacks you can enter in, but I want to simplify that. Mm. At first, I was like, okay, okay. But then he says, I want to simplify that. And I'm like, oh... It'll basically be a one-button action, and the AI intuitively outputs an action that kind of satisfies, gives you that instant gratification, and it connects with the simple touch of a button. I, myself, am not getting any younger. I don't want to be <laughs> frantically pushing buttons. I want to be utilizing the intelligence of the hardware spec and not have to go through too much hassle or trouble in order to execute moves. At this yeah. point, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you don't like Literally, that? I don't like that. Literally, this... When mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. You can't you should not ever use the state the statement I'm not getting any younger, <laughs> younger. in your like pitch about like making games better for people who are I, not I you. don't want to have to go through too much hassle in order to execute moves. Yeah, I mean like I would really actually appreciate it if 1001 spikes only had one button and that jumped and threw you knives at appropriate times. You're not getting any younger, you know. I'm not. I yeah. mean, I'm not getting any younger, so what, I'd rather you, I just you hit like 24, run left and right. those those game reflexes <laughs> just go straight downhill. <laughs> okay, anyways, but but I guess, you know, it is Final Fantasy and and Final Fantasy has always like been a fairly uh fairly slow kind of heavily abstracted um combat system like yeah clicking things in menus isn't exactly playing Bayonetta right but uh so so whatever I think I think we just have to kind of hold out or see but this comes after a long string of complaints already about the Final Fantasy 13 games kind of playing themselves if you uh, if you set it up to do that yeah and that's I also mean, the, the last one I actually seriously tried to get into is Final Fantasy 12 uh-huh. and um, you could you could arrange the gambit system to keep your party members uh, chugging along without much input from yourself. I guess you had to think about the AI you were programming them with, but it was still pretty pretty uh, passive of an experience if you kind of let it be. Yeah, that's I don't know. That's the thing. I, I watched a friend play against some of the hardest bosses in thirteen one time, and it was like he like at one point was actually looking away from the screen to talk to me <laughs> and wow. like like and mashing in <laughs> and I was watching these menus fly by just him selecting the same things over and over again because like not only is it very simplified there's like ways to get it to do like like chains of, of commands for your characters without like having to input it yourself plus there's like an optimal way to play for each character so you just like pick the best thing and move on yeah like i I hate that i'm I'm starting as i grow older i'm starting to not like optimal strategies yeah like i I, I said that in the wolfenstein review like the upgrade system wants you to use the the (laughs) the throwing knives as a stealth tool but in practice you get much better results the optimal strategy is sticking to the silence pistol even though the game was clearly not designed to be played that way yeah there's literally no reason to just get off that pistol and and mix things up because it's what gets you results yeah optimal strategies to me are uh making the game linear essentially it's it's a sign of poor design it's like do you want to like give the player some room to to think to maybe plan maybe come up with their own solution or do you want them to find your solution which is the best one or is every combat encounter in the game the same (laughs) 
because because that's why the same strategy would be winning every time, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean. We, we don't know how this is actually going to be implemented in Final Fantasy XV until we see it. I don't play Final Fantasies almost at all, so I'm probably... It's not going to affect me, but I think that this, on as a surface level thing, is not good. We, we got an idea. They had a video demo at TGS, and oh, it, was, really? it was about eight minutes long. I watched through it. Most of it was... Well, there are a few actually videos that I don't think I've seen, but the one I saw half of it was the camera like panning up the guy's character's nostril and looking at the buildings in the background. But then they get into combat, and <laughs> you can you can see the system that um that uh, Tabata is describing in this interview here. The interview I believe was with Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. He says it's a. Uh, there's one button for attacking. You hold it down, your character automatically executes combos as you hold it down. The uh, the game's AI and uh, algorithm, the design, kind of automatically picks which attacks they execute when. And, you know, I guess we still have to see how many different uh, well, attacks and choices like there are in that system. Was. Did you guys play that? I haven't played that. I don't play many oh, RPGs. Haven't. Okay. Well, no, no. basically, well, well, it, it, it sounds how's a lot like it, so you can select the movement pattern. So let's say I want to attack, buff, and heal, and mm-hmm. then you can save that and basically just autoplay it. Are we in real time or turn based? Turn based, but you can oh, fast forward okay. it four times. So, oh, I like that. I like that idea of fast forwarding easy. through turns. Yeah. Well, um, it was nice Final when Fantasy. Trying oh, to sorry. level up. But. Yeah, I, I can imagine that because, like I said earlier, one of the most frustrating parts of turn-based combat is watching the animations. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just want to go ahead and see the results, yeah. not the animations. Uh, Final Fantasy nice. 15 is going to be real-time. It, camera angles and control scheme kind of look mm. like 12, but mm. they've got that one-button attack there. And I believe in 12, actually, it was a weird system, too. I think, if I remember correctly, it's been years upon years, but I think you auto-attacked in 12 if you just walked within a certain range, a certain oh. melee range of I enemies. Yeah, I, I don't know. Final Fantasy combat systems are always weird. Yeah, I, This is going to be another I, weird one. I think just the red flag in this whole, all these quotes from the interview is the part where he says, uh, action that kind of satisfies gives you that instant gratification. Instant gratification. That is like, that's such a negative buzzword. Like that's, that's a <laughs> word that people often use to like, to like, to like definitely talk down on many AAA games and games in general. Like, instant gratification isn't very gratifying if you like build up to something and then you get a reward then it's great but if you just are given the reward then it's just like okay i have this like fantastic and And he also he's boasting about it so i don't know i don't know i don't really trust that he also brings the whole aging thing in the equation. I don't know how much you guys are into internet drama, but this week, <laughs> Danny O'Dwyer and Razorfist put out conflicting editorials responding to each other about uh, whether or not getting old and enjoying games is is relevant enough to like uh, influence your biases and your um your your positions and your skills on things. But, anyways, there's a lot of a lot of weird things yeah. to. Uh, mm-hmm. To look forward know. to for 15. It looks good though. Hmm. It looks uh. So th- those buildings <laughs> in this demo they keep showing, <laughs> those buildings in the background they're blurred just right. <laughs> it's a very very convincing effect. Oh yeah. Anyways, I guess uh we'll keep on going. We got more more mostly positive news stories, but uh, but a few uh, uh weird mystery ones after mm-hmm. these messages. In the land of Hyrule, there echoes a legend. 
a legend held dearly by the royal family that tells of a boy who became a man. He embarked on a great journey to the deepest, darkest corners of the earth, battling the forces of evil, testing the limits of his will, all to fulfill his destiny, which is above all else. To save me. Hey guys, Alex here. Just wanted to remind you that right now we've got a Spotify playlist over at thatonevideogamer.com called Zero to Hero Level 99. These are songs to listen to while you're grinding for levels in various games. And follow our Spotify so you don't miss out. It's free. Link in the description below to the article. Check it out! Hello and welcome back to the TOVG Podcast, a podcast where we're going to inform you about how Blizzard canceled a mysterious MMO called Project Titan. Damn. In an interview with Polygon, Blizzard co-founder and CEO Mike Morhaime said that after their success with WoW, they had to, quote, set out to make the most ambitious thing you could possibly imagine, and it didn't come together. In that sense, I guess they yeah. they definitely achieved making the most ambitious thing. <laughs> you could, we could not possibly imagine it because we did not know much about this project except for exactly. um, what they what <laughs> were. I guess trying to hype it up to be before they even <laughs> gave it a name. Like that reminds me a lot of uh, overambitious Kickstarter projects. A lot of like video YouTube pitches for games and tech that does not and may never exist. Like, have you guys seen these? Uh, there's there's this company. I think it might even be one guy actually who keeps trying mm-hmm. to hawk voxel based uh, game engines onto um, video games. And, oh, is, is and, that the one where it's like it, it's made up of tiny spheres? Right. Or orbs instead or something. of yeah. instead of um, polygons, they use little right. miniature. Spheres that supposedly retain a level of detail the closer you look at them, mm-hmm. and and there are all sorts of technical caveats. It turns out the guy's full of shit every time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you remember that that MMO that someone made a YouTube video about? They were trying to pitch on some crowdfunding platform about how it was basically the game of life, how there would be millions of players connected, forming societies and colonizing planets yeah. with uh, with systems and uh, tools they build themselves, and then that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, I even know if I can say it's a load of shit because technically nothing existed in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. but, but Project Titan sounds a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the only difference between those guys and Project Titan is that Project Titan is backed by a multi-billion dollar company. So right, like, right. that actually has legs. Like, even if it sounds ridiculous, like, I can still say, like, well, it's Blizzard. I'm sure they'll yeah. figure it out. If, if someone has the money to make overambitious projects work, it is Blizzard. But I guess the thing about, like, modern Blizzard is that they're mm-hmm. more into making, you know, like, lucrative practical games. Like, uh, they canceled Project Titan, but they, um, and, and they also, you know, canceled uh, Starcraft Ghost, but they're still keeping it real with Hearthstone. We just had a couple Diablo 3s, much more conventional designs, but still mm-hmm. very lucrative for them. Right. Um, but one of the quotes I really like here is, uh, I, I like how they're spinning this. Like, I like the, uh, 
thought of, of cut content and canceled projects not necessarily being something that the public should be fully aware of or, or even like that fascinated in because I'm sure as content creators you and and me and Kytales, I'm sure we all know that most of the stuff we cut out that we decide is not adequate for public consumption is probably pretty <laughs> bad yeah. and that's yeah. why it gets cut out Anyways, uh, later on in the interview, this is with Polygon, he says, We'd rather cut out a game we put a lot of time and resources into than put out something that might, and then his colleague finishes a sentence and says, Damage the relationship. Smash the trust. Smash the trust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> he says, It's always really, really hard to make those kinds of decisions. It was hard when we canceled Warcraft Adventures. It was hard when we canceled Starcraft Ghost. But it has always resulted in better quality work. And I totally understand that. Especially since he begins the interview by saying it was is the most ambitious thing you could possibly imagine because yeah. that is the classic downfall of many a canceled project well you know if they really believed in that maybe they should have canceled Diablo 3 hey yeah. you know, the more that I think about it I guess there's really uh, not much of a way to know if you're being too ambitious until you end up failing at trying right. to do yeah. something Right. So I guess uh, some weird psychological irony is to be found there but yeah a, yeah. a game no one knows much about but uh <laughs> But has been gone. hyped out to be something ridiculously huge, has been canceled, and now they're making MOBAs and card games instead. The best thing about this, though, is that since we know next to nothing about it, I'm sure we're all putting this incredible, mm -hmm. like, stand-in like stand image in our head of, like, damn, Project Titan was going to be so cool. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Or, or at it, least it must have been really interesting for them to talk about it like this. Right, right. I I, I, and that's that's I guess the trap that you get into when saying no you guys shouldn't care about cut content by the way we had to cut this content out it was too much for us <laughs> <laughs> because you can't really win when you like say it that way yeah I, 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 think, I think it's okay I mean like like you and I both have played World of Warcraft for a couple years we're not necessarily MMO fans but we know we know the chuff and I yeah. don't uh, I don't know if I'm a fan of that chuff I I have settled into the mindset that I just don't think there will be an MMO that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it has a lot to do with the tech. Yeah, right. Latency I mean, issues. Maybe, maybe not even that. It's just like, I think generally what makes an MMO work as far as like, like, okay, like an MMO is a game for everybody. It's not like you, you don't play it by yourself. You're, ne you're never going to be by yourself playing an MMO. Um, and so, like, the game has to work for everybody at the same time and be, like, at least passable for everybody at the same time. So, like, you can't have these, like, amazing experiences that you would have in certain one-player games because that wouldn't work if there was 15 people going through the same Zelda dungeon or whatnot, right? Yeah. And so I think just because of basic, like, rules like that that force you to make an MMO... A certain way, I think it's, I will it's just a bit never of a enjoy less them. Valuable experience when it yeah, has to be yeah, a yeah. mass-produced experience. Yeah, I mean, like the experience comes from playing the thing with your friends, no. not, not necessarily like the product of a single-player yeah. game being valuable at all, but the experience it tries to build for you. It feels like there's more value yeah. in there when it connects to you on an individualistic level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or on, on a smaller scale. I love mm -hmm. Counter Strike. I think Counter Strike is like the best value I've gotten out of any game purchase <laughs> ever. Anyways, anyway. um, anyways. Anyway. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is going to have a sequel Cool it's Called uh, Triad Wars It's right. not going to be I don't know were you, were you guys fans of the first Sleeping Dogs at all? N no I, I enjoyed it I it, haven't it was definitely, to play it yet 
Oh, well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to. Like, it is one of those sandboxy, um, collect-a-thon type games that kind of, uh, uh, overstays its welcome, but it is one uh-huh. of the better ones of those. Like, of <laughs> this, this, uh, previous gen's glut of GTA clone sandbox games, mm-hmm. Sleeping Dogs is one of, on the higher tier of them. But anyways, the sequel's going to be doing kind of a gang management thing. Which I think is interesting. The story broke through a video on GameSpot where they uh, tried to frame it like a dev diary video. But my God, there's little to no useful information in this at all. They have off-screen <laughs> footage of the game, but mm-hmm. not on-screen footage. And um, it's hard to tell what exactly it is. Like there are a few screens that look like maps that have nodes of points with dollar signs and stuff across the maps. And then there are also a few screens where it looks like they're playing a GTA clone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean. Know. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting too too off in my own corner corner for like the games world. But like, I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Like, I didn't really keep up with Watch Dogs when it was coming out. Uh, I mean, I, no, I know dog, next to nothing. Watch no, no, no. Wait, no. Wait, yeah. Oh, sorry. I think my dog's confused. <laughs> no, I, I didn't keep too up with Watch Dogs. <laughs> I I never really knew anything about Sleeping Dogs. Like. Um, I don't know anything about Assassin's Creed that are coming out. You know, whatever. Like, I. It, it's so refreshing it, to hear someone else say this. <laughs> you feel like you're not alone. <laughs> they're not that different, though. Like all of all of the sleep, That's the dogs the games and the asses yeah. games. They're uh, they're the they're sandboxy games. collectathons that overstay their welcome yeah. and and uh, kind of process you through optional content. And, yeah, yeah, a really great map, but not necessarily a great everything else. I think that's a great that's that's a great way to put why I'm not around for as many of these games is that they process you. Yes. <laughs> and that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> I'm just trying I'm just imagining you like getting squeezed through the gears <laughs> like like a Charlie Chaplin comedy routine of you uh, getting processed through the inhuman <laughs> mechanics of uh dispassionate game designs. Yeah. It's it, on it, the it, assembly line of playing the game. Yeah. The, right. It, you are kind of I, I, I could, I could see that metaphor so stretching stretching out <laughs> somewhere, somewhere useful. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, if you're a fan of Sleeping Dogs and there's going to be a sequel, it's going to be more more management-y, more strategic. Mm. It might be, uh, might be kind of like the Godfather games from a few years ago. I don't know if you guys ever played those GTA clones. <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they no. were GTA clones with a lot of management strategy mm. gameplay attached to them where, where you had to... Uh, Racketeer through local businesses and recruit new gangsters and mm-hmm. you know do the, that sort of horrible inhumane things. Right. Yeah, that was Saints Row for me. Yeah. Uh, well, Saints Row actually, you know, you did buy businesses. I don't know if there was yeah. much of a uh, no. You just much made much thinking you had to do about it though. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just bought the um the clothing store and then walked out as like a furry. That, that, was, exactly. that was the whole the whole exchange. As, you, well, either as a furry or naked. Yep. Yes. In, in which case, it's not much of a clothing store. It's more like a naked store because you do have to walk into the store to change your outfit. Yeah. You are purchasing the right to be naked. Anyways. <laughs> Saints Row is weird. Speaking of, of horrible, inhumane things that have a wacky sense of humor, 
Uh, Wasteland 2 was reported to sell 1.5 million units in its first four Ooh. days. However, I was like, yay. I was like, cool, that's awesome news. That means they made like $40 million. If they were going for $40 each off of their original 3 million Kickstarter, I was like, good. I want mm-hmm. weird little small niche projects like that to make that kind of money. But as mm-hmm. it turns out, I woke up the next morning and Eurogamer had corrected their headline. <laughs> It turned out it had sold 1.5 million units, which is a very different story. You mean uh, oh, you mean dollars, dollars, dollars in units? Oh, oh right! Oh my God! Did I actually say it wrong? You you said it the <laughs> same okay. way the second time. So, I, so I pulled I pulled I pulled a Eurogamer. Okay. Anyways, so they yeah. corrected themselves to say that they didn't sell 1.5 million copies of the game. Right. They sold 1.5 million dollars in revenue. Right. They, they did That's not sell the revenue. Less. They earned the revenue. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm a wreck their right money now. Away. <laughs> they sold their you, money for money. You know what we're trying to say. They made $1.5 million. <laughs> which which is okay, I guess. But like not, not it would not have been news if it was <laughs> not originally <laughs> understood to be the other way around. Right. right. <laughs> so it kind of made me really, really sad, actually. <laughs> Because I got my hopes up, and I was yeah. like, "Yay!" The first big uh, Kickstarter project with with big important names behind it has uh, <laughs> has shown the AAA industry where it's at. Yeah. Power to the people! We're going to burn this establishment down. And then I woke up in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, it made numbers that are kind of normal for that kind of game." Yeah. Okay. I love I love that that story literally was like. I had all these great things, and then I woke up. <laughs> like, like yep. my reaction to that story Literally. is probably more of a story than the story <laughs> yeah. itself. That's sad. I mean, uh, good that it, that it made like an a, like passable amount of money oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, I mean, they still broke a million, which right. is which is always a big event. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's still yeah, a but, good uh, thing. But, but you know, yeah. to make good on on their original investment, which I guess doesn't necessarily. Uh, matter as much in this case since it was donations by fans since it was a kickstarter game for about three million dollars that still means so far they haven't made back what was put into it mm-hmm. hmm and, yeah. uh, wait, but that's so weird how is that even a valid concern for kickstarter projects because you know if an investor uh or investors put together three million dollars they are investing whereas kickstarters are more of a donation i mean Kickstarters you, you are more of back. an investment in getting the product. It's it's more of an emotional investment than a financial investment. Well, yeah, but like imagine like the if you were to like make an equation with with Kickstarter backers and like uh, investors like being compared to each other, investors want you know the game to make profit and give them back the money that they initially put in, but the the backers just know that they're getting exactly they like just want the, the game. Thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're putting in their money so they can get the game and maybe some like, I don't know, get yeah. your name on the credits or whatever kind which, of thing. Which I guess is the whole idea. Like the whole idea is to fund games that otherwise would not be profitable because then they're already you know making money making the game rather right. than selling the game. Yeah. So um, uh, it's it's just a weird situation that I guess people are gonna have to figure out over the years. But Wasteland Two just kind of makes me worried though about the Kickstarter honeymoon because now that I'm playing it, I see that it's kind of rough and unpolished. Like it really is for the niche. Yeah. And uh, I was I guess I was expecting something more like the old of Fallout games like Fallout One and Two, but. The thing is, back in those days, they were still competing for, like, retail shelf space on the mainstream 
growing market, which yeah. still demanded a level of polish that Wasteland 2 doesn't exactly, doesn't really live up to. And and I don't know. I mean, I played the original Wasteland, and I just and I played the original Fallout's. But between the two games, I loved the Fallout's to death. I was expecting this to be, uh, I don't the know, new Fallout's. I was expecting it to be Fallout 4, or I guess the legit Fallout 3, not the uh, FPS Fallout 3. But I hate saying that because I love Fallout 3 anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I, I, uh, so I don't know. I it's mean, fine, but I'm still a little, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I just, we can't really take a very, like, narrow approach to this because at the same time, Shovel Knight did fantastic and is still doing fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was also a Kickstarter game. That, that's a Kickstarter you know. success story. They made less, I think, than, than Wasteland 2 did on Kickstarter, and they might be selling better than Wasteland 2 on the market. But um, weren't they funded for much less, too? I'm looking it up now. I think so. I think they're more like in the 300000 range. Yeah, $311,000, whereas Wasteland 2 is about $3 million. Yeah, yeah, it's about a tenth of what Wasteland... Which, I mean, they're radically different games. It's not like... Radically, and Wasteland does seem like it has a whole lot more content going for it. And, you know, like the 3D is is a lot more uh, resource-intensive, too. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, let's see. Next topic is... Speaking of radical... Radical things... (laughs) Come on, I set you up for that one. Radical changes are on their way for Watch Dogs 2, promises Ubisoft Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) If you, uh... (laughs) <laughs> if you don't listen to those those grunts and the clearing of the throats afterwards. Uh, anyways, a guy named Lionel Reynaud. I love Ubisoft names, though. That's my favorite thing about that company. Because <laughs> they're all French and Canadian. Very yeah, pretty. yeah. Lionel Renault said the studio liked Watchdogs mi- likened Watchdogs mixed reception to that of Assassin's Creed 1. They uh, said that they had a lot of flaws in the replayability of gameplay loops, and you could mm. feel that at uh, Assassin... You could feel that Assassin's Creed 1 was the first iteration. So, uh, he then goes on in this IGN interview to say they're promising a radical approach to making some changes for the sequel. Mm. Which sounds a lot like what people thought of, of Watch Dogs. Like, I will say that Watch Dogs was at least better than Assassin's Creed 1, mm-hmm. but it still feels like an awkward first installment Right. that still smashed records and sold a bunch of copies. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing. Like, if you have a, wa- a wonky game selling that much and you plan to make it a franchise, do you think mm-hmm. that kind of uh, might decrease consumer confidence in the sequels? Uh, well, I don't know. That's kind of giving me a, a siren. Kind of giving That's me giving a, you a, a warning, siren. Warning siren. Um, Shoutouts to Redondo Beach. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. I I think we talked about this right when uh, right when Watch Dogs came out, and I I think at that point at that time I made a point where like, well, look how Assassin's Creed got better over time, and how like they sold a lot, so it gives them the go ahead to make an actually good version of the game. But every, at the same time, every year, like a good and then a bad one, and then a good one, right. and then a bad one. Yeah, but like at the same time, I will go back on that statement and say that that also just is like cheating a bunch of people out of sixty bucks for the ability to make an actually good game by for giving them what, like a what really is ultimately going to be a very disposable iteration in the long term yeah. series yeah. of the franchise. Yeah. Um, well, I <laughs> I bet they would liken it to Assassin's Creed because uh, I bet they would hope to milk that franchise out <laughs> yeah. about as much as they did to the asses. Yeah. And Unfortunately, uh, I don't know. Uh, Assassin's Creed seems like a lot more of a milkable 
thing with like yeah. a very iconic looking character and, and like a whole and, bunch of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, at least and you can I, go through history and make as many right. different settings as you want. The idea is that Assassin's Creed can frame itself in literally any historical setting that has yes. taken place on planet Earth. Yeah. I don't know if Watch Dogs has that much long-term freedom, but... Um, also, Watch Dogs' and main cities. character is a uh, guy in a jacket with a hat on. An iconic hat. Um, is an it? Iconic, yeah, and in marketing <laughs> materials, they refer to it as Aiden Pierce's iconic baseball cap. Wow! To, is, I am not kidding. <laughs> well, if you look, if you look they on the back be... of the of the action figure, it calls it an iconic baseball cap. Great. Do they also have his uh, his ultimate cell phone, which is the ultimate, the thing, ultimate to thing to, his, thing power? to his power? No, that's just what the shady pre-embargo, uh, like stolen from a delivery truck review said. <laughs> I would rather I would rather have them market it around his his, his ultimate, ultimate thing of his power the than thing the of his stupid hat. Power. That was a hilarious <laughs> review, by the way. Such a good quote. It's such like a. It's like almost what? like onion worthy. How like well written that how, was. How, how poorly written. Like it was the perfect mix of bad. Yeah. Why Why didn't one of those happen for for Hyrule Warriors? <laughs> Just give give them his, his no, ultimate like, like what sword. Gerard can like make a burnt copy and give it to some friend who doesn't know how to write very well a burnt and copy then doesn't know how to keep secrets and he'll be like Link's fire wand is the thing of his ultimate power. <laughs> My favorite part about that is that wand wouldn't be spelled different. It would still be W A N D. But, but you, be, but you would say it wand. You would say it wand. You would know that it's wand. <laughs> I, I just realized when I think of words, I don't actually think of words. <laughs> I don't actually think of spelling. I just think of the sounds anyway. So it's yeah. been a while since I've been in school. Let's see. Uh, um, uh, there were a bunch of cool TGS trailers that mm -hmm. uh, released across the week. Did you guys see any of that? Uh, I was... No. I saw one. <laughs> Which one? The wolf one. Oh, the one I did not want yes. to see. Because I don't want to spoil the wolf. I, uh, I want to see that wolf and be like, "Oh my god!" No, I don't even want to know there's a wolf in this game. And look at this. I already know there's a wolf in this game. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. the game. Oh just my god. Because of that. Oh, oh, no. oh my god. It's that really? cute. <laughs> yeah. Like don't watch seen... it. Don't watch it because what happens is way too cool. But. And yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I want to experience that when I'm playing it, not when I'm watching a trailer. Yeah, yeah. That's... Well, see, this is why I don't really watch anything oh, uh, but uh, i've been we should probably we should probably clarify for the listeners what we're talking oh, yeah, about that's yeah. true they're going to expect some sort of wolf sim there's there's going to be a wolf sidekick in metal gear solid 5 who i uh, think you can bring along to missions i'm not an authority on the topic though because i didn't watch the wolf trailer right but uh kytales did mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm an authority on it now i can yeah. confirm mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. cool. I can confirm that it exists. There yes. is indeed wolves in, in Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm glad that you're taking that stance on this, George, and not watching it because yeah. you care about the game so much. Because I, I feel like that is the one thing that I wish more people would do in the game's, like, community and stuff. Because... I know you need to know like a certain amount of, of about a game before you can like commit to buying it without being like essentially without being dumb about buying it. Mm -hmm. Like no. 
if you just blindly buy a game, like I don't care how much you like the the series, like that is like a little dumb. And I'll admit, like I was a little dumb buying, you know, Zelda: Link Between Worlds. I'm, I, it was great, so I I ended up my gamble was fine. But like, without knowing more about it, it was a gamble. But like yeah. at the same time, there's so much to be said about that first experience when you just like find out shit about the game, and you're like, oh my <laughs> god, this is so cool! Mm. I didn't know this, and yeah. like. Smash Brothers, I feel like I already know everything about it, and I've just been trying so hard to just not know anything about it. And then Tw- someone's like, did you know this character was revealed? And I was like, thanks, dude, that's unofficial, <laughs> and now I'm now it's spoiled. Twilight dude. Princess was actually the game that caused me to like start deliberately trying to black out media before a oh, game really? comes out. Yeah, because I was in that same boat. Like I knew way too much about it before it came out, and it ended up, I feel like, I mean, a lot of people say it's one of the inferior Zeldas, mm-hmm. which still means it's good. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like one of the reasons I did not enjoy it as much is that I did not enjoy it as much as I could have if yeah. I was coming into it totally fresh. Because like yeah. I remember um, back before Bunny Hop, though, like now I'm watching trailers and and, and jesting in the the culture and the marketing of the culture, mm-hmm. kind of on a professional level because I kind of have to. Yeah. But I remember before Bunny Hop, like I would be surprised and impressed just seeing how a game moves and looks. Right. Like, especially if it was a sequel, like seeing the uh, how how radically different it is um, from the previous installment can Mm -hmm. it it looks more radically different if you are not exposing yourself to these marketing materials ahead of time. Right. And uh, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid is a franchise I care a lot about. So Mm -hmm. I have decided since the E3 video where he pops out of the box like that was enough for me. I was like, okay, there's boxes in this game. Good. That's all I need. I'm going to stop (laughs) from now on, because if I watch this wolf trailer, when I get to that level in the game, I'm going to subconsciously compare it to how it looked in the trailer. And I might go through gameplay motions that resemble what he did in the trailer. And I I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess with with most games, you still get, like, a good 80% is, like, fresh and, you know, it's, it's like they don't reveal ahead of time. But I guess it's mainly just been with Smash Brothers lately. And I guess also because I have to be keeping up with uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire details is that I feel like I know so much about this game going into it. And I feel like I'm going to go into it. I'm going to be like... Oh yeah, that this thing I I know this yeah. like instead of like a magical like what is this <laughs> <laughs> like I guess knowing that there is a wolf sidekick is mm-hmm. is I mean I'm not gonna you know uh, <laughs> just jump off a bridge because of knowing <laughs> right. that but uh, right but, but it still gonna... makes me kind of bummed out yeah because because think about that like if I popped the game in and I was like what there's a wolf sidekick I would have been like whoa I didn't expect that this is yeah. awesome yeah. and now I'm gonna pop the game in and be like I well, wonder I when mean, they're gonna give me the wolf sidekick there why would they choose to reveal that I mean to think about it from to get people hyped yeah, yeah exactly to drive sales. and so I mean that's a huge part of it for them marketing wise is what cool interesting thing can we reveal that doesn't really tell you a lot about the game but that's a new feature that might get people excited I have only played Metal Gear Solid I need to finish the games in the series it's something on mm-hmm. my to-do list it is a hell of an adventure my friend yeah I've heard I'm <laughs> oh. really looking oh, forward man. to it but as someone who has only I'm very unfamiliar with the franchise I thought oh that's kind of cool that makes me want to go play the other games so I can get to this one. 
And no, also, you might not know what the hell's going on in number five. Because, yeah, uh, so I can, never, I can never experience that unless I go play the other games. So, I don't know. I guess it depends on who they're marketing to. Yeah, I I don't know. I I definitely know that you need to release a certain amount. Like I said, you need like there needs to be a certain amount to like properly market your game. But it's just it's always like a little minor bummer whenever I find out something and I'm like, ah. But I mean, for for hardcore people in our position who are going to buy games anyway, I feel like a lot of us might be better off just uh, blacking out the media. Like, this is kind of why I like um, review scores is because they don't spoil anything. Mm -hmm. Like, literally just seeing a screenshot of something might spoil something. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's say uh, 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 I'm going to spoil something for um wolfenstein as an example go for it i i after i beat the game i watched the trailer mm-hmm. and i was like holy shit they show you that characters who are major people in this game are gonna die as as it goes on and i was like wow i'm really glad i did not watch this trailer because i'd just be keeping those images in the back of my mind subconsciously waiting for them to happen and it yeah. changes mm-hmm. it changes your interpretation of the plot your expectations for the plot and the and the story and the level some Sometimes, like sometimes you'll see in a trailer a level uh, that um, will look like, let's say, a a destroyed or decrepit version of a level you'll find in the game early on that is clean and, yeah. and peaceful. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, this place is about to get the boot later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Anyways, um, let's see. I... Uh, Saw a little bit of Resident Evil Revelations 2. It looks janky as hell. I like the environmental design, though. I feel like they're kind of showing off a commitment to horror because it's dark and dirty Mm -hmm. and claustrophobic and all that good stuff. But uh, still, the animations are really stiff and robotic, and it is dark. (laughs) Like (laughs) That is an understatement. It's clearly a a preview build because it is impractically dark. You could not play the game comfortably with how dark the level (laughs) in this trailer is. But let's see, there's also some Final Fantasy XV. We already talked about that, though. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, only other major thing that happened is Final Fantasy XIII getting ported to Steam. All the, all the games in that trilogy are coming out over the next few years, so look forward to, uh, being able to play everyone's least favorite Final Fantasy game for yeah. super cheap on computer if you haven't yeah. done that yet. I don't know why you would want to, well, but now you can! Uh, look, look forward to being able to play it through the, uh, the... Through Steam, through the Square Enix. If you have, launcher. this is how. If if Steam recommends that, if Steam puts Final Fantasy 13 on your recommended <laughs> homepage, that's how you know you have bad taste in video games. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tag. Anyways, tags recommended for you. Bad. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how it, it knows the customers who will you like guys. Final Fantasy 13. No offense anyways. to Final Fantasy 13 fans out there. Uh, oh, great offense to you. Sorry. If, if you like games, oh, sorry. I'm, so- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just messing around. Yeah, yeah. Gerard actually really totally. likes Final Fantasy 13. He'll defend it. And, and he's still it. Um, oh, really? a, a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, I think anyway. this is a good time to wrap this up. Yep. Now that, now that we know all of our secret horrible judgments about people who like certain games... <laughs> 
Um, uh, thank, uh, thank you as always for listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. And if you have anything to say, please, please discuss on the forums. Yeah, we, uh, we do. have some cool ideas actually floating around about about interesting things we could do to the format of the show, which we'll right. we'll be thinking Ooh. about over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're gonna discuss it. Um, we're I, gonna I, talk I replied about to that it. thread. I, they know <laughs> we're talking. It's in the pipes. It's in the pipes. We're we're, we're gonna sit down and uh, and discuss. Have a meeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Business. Do rate lunch. us, rate us five stars on iTunes because mm-hmm. that is good for the business. It's great. And um, yeah, until then, uh, keep an eye out for us next week. Keep an eye on Final Fantasy Thirteen on on Steam dropping mm-hmm. uh, maybe any day now. I, I don't think they released an official date for it, but uh, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, hey, before we go, anybody have mm-hmm. anything to plug real quick? Anything? Kaitels, you're back, right? Yeah. Pretty much. You had you had a little break there, but now you're back. Yes. Yep. It's been good seeing seeing more videos. I, I like the that you're jumping around and trying some like different things. It's oh, all been yeah. very fun to watch. I, I love that. <laughs> I think people I, um, don't realize hmm. I'm such a thespian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly recommend people watch a very bluntly titled video that Kytales put up before returning that's just said, This is a video game. Yeah. It's a very, great video. Yeah, Thank you, super, guys. it's just like ninety seconds. Doesn't take a lot of your time, and and uh, explains what video games are. Yep. It'll make you feel better. Yeah, yes. exactly. These these are troubled times, my friends. <laughs> the great internet war of twenty fourteen continues <laughs> to rage on. And um, uh, meanwhile, we have Kite Tales keeping the peace. Yeah, always. Uh, another thing, or a thing, I would like you guys to check out, though it will only be relevant for a few more days, is uh. I did an interview with the developer behind the game called Bandsaga. I don't know if you guys happen to read that. Um, hey, that's a uh, on the website, right? Yes, it's yes, an article yes. on that one videogamer.com. You can find it. it says says Bandsaga right across the front, <laughs> and uh, his he, game is being kickstarted right now. And it's like it's getting there. And there's only a few days left, and awesome. I really want this game to hit its goal because it's like a roguelike that uses music to generate the levels, and you can like alter the music and it alters the levels and it's really it's really cool looking i don't know it's like a really unique idea and it's it's not asking for much as far as like a kickstarter game goes so i don't know if you guys could hop over to that article and hop over to that kickstarter yeah i'd really appreciate that because it looks really neat let's Let's see he's at sixteen thousand out of twenty nine thousand there are five days to go it's pretty stiff but there's still there's still a chance these things tend to pin through tend to uh, make it through with the last 48 hours. Yeah, so I, guess, uh, I, I really hope a few days. I really hope that's the case with this one because I really want to see this game come to fruition. Funny, funny note actually, that guy mm-hmm. Rekadam mm-hmm. he uh, did the music and art for the very first game I ever reviewed. Really? Yes, Celestial Mechanica when oh, I was okay. on True PC Gaming I think that was 2010. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, <laughs> that's that's the biggest kick I got out of it though is just seeing that name return to to the stage. Yeah, it's yeah, a fun little full circle yeah. thing. Anyways, anyway. I think um, does that wrap up everything? Yeah, I think I think yeah. I'm good. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, in that case, I shall uh, have a pleasant week, and I hope everyone else in the world does as well. <laughs> so nice of you. You too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.